Welcome back to the Great Games Podcast, where I have some friends on the show and we talk about games that we like. This week on episode 4, we're talking about Bloodborne. And as always, uh, I want to put a spoiler warning in the beginning of the episode, because there will be spoilers for this game, as there are spoilers for all the games we talk about here on the Great Games Podcast. That being said, I think we have a very informative show for you today. So sit back and enjoy. Um, hey, I'm here with my, my friend Tyler from class, and we're here to talk about Bloodborne. Thanks for having me, Shannon. Hello, hello. <laughs> yeah, so I just wanted to talk about, um, just like your favorite things about Bloodborne, like, uh... Bloodborne, yes. <laughs> like, uh, what, you, what are your favorite mechanics? Oh, uh, Bloodborne is a very interesting game. Uh, it's uh, part of that's uh, from the same company uh, called From Software that created the Dark Souls series and a bunch of other wonderful options there. Uh, Mechanics-wise, I certainly do like that you can uh, create your own ending. Like uh, nothing is too off limits to a degree. Like. Mm. Uh, you could either choose to uh, go on a full-on killing spree, uh, destroying every living thing that you see, or unliving thing if you can see half the time, <laughs> or you could try to befriend some people, or you could be selective with that process. It's up to you. You can uh, try to uh, delve into the secrets of the world that they create, because they are a very lore-based uh, game systems uh, and yeah. everything there. Definitely a good question to start off with, yeah. You mentioned, like, choosing which characters to befriend and such, and mm -hmm. I just, I remember from my playthrough, like, this one girl, like, you can, you can choose to, to, like, take them to a specific, like, safe area. Oh, yeah, that's one of the options, yeah. And I, I remember choosing one and then having one of my friends tell me, no, do not take them there, she's evil. Yeah, uh, you're specifically talking about, um this nursing home or something like that. Where like, you start in the beginning of the game. Yeah, the very start of the beginning of the game. Like, uh, if you turn around and talk to the door that you just came through, apparently there's uh, a lot of the... A little bit farther down the line, if you go back there, uh, there is a woman on the other side of the door uh, that can uh, talk to you or whatever. And she's like, please, sir or madam, can you, if anybody... Do, if you happen upon anybody that needs safe asylum, send them my way to Henrietta's... House for the Damned or whatever. Because yeah. <laughs> that's essentially what you're sending them to. Uh, like, a bit of a spoiler alert there. Uh, like, there's uh, there's only two places that you can send people if yeah, you meet them. The, like uh, The church is one. Uh, there's the church in uh, Central Yarnum or whatever. Uh, mm -hmm. That is a personal favorite place of mine. I love the uh, smoky atmosphere that it imbues and the uh, gothic music that's always fun to hear. Plus, there's also some good NPCs in there to start off with. Like, uh, you have the old beggar man uh, that's, like, this creepy, monstrous-looking person, and it, like, goes against every belief that you have when talking to him to not just slash at him out of nowhere. Aww. But he is good, <laughs> surprisingly, yeah. Uh, he's, uh, he, he's a nice person. He just wants to help people. It's a very refreshing thing to get in a uh, Soulsborne game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, is another term we referred to that. Uh, there's a lot of people that you can try to save or damn with them. Uh, like, uh, there's this, uh, refer to this person as uh, the whore. <laughs> uh, basically, uh, uh, she's like a, a woman of the night or whatever, and uh, you can meet her down a back alley in like a window or whatever, and yeah. she's like, oh, it's a terrible night, sir. D might you know a safe place to spend the evening? And you can either send her to that terrible uh, 
the chop house. Asylum place uh, where she will then be turned into an alien or you could send them to the church where they can hopefully live out the rest of their evening and then you can get special things from talking to them if uh, if you do so. Uh, I wish I'd have known that because the first one, the, the girl, the, the whore, I sent her to to the chop house, to the asylum. Yeah. Uh, there's like, also a, a grandmother uh, that you can uh, save and she'll give you like a... Items to stave against insanity, which is a particular uh, mechanic in the game where the more insanity that you gain in, like, a particular instance or whatever, like, there's a bar, and if you fill that up, you lose, like, 95% of your health in one go like that. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's awful when, like, uh, trying to run through an area and it's like, oh, ding, 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 you got insanity building, better take some health to make sure that you have full health so that you don't die immediately or get some of this wonderful sedatives that we offer. Ooh. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, there's also a, uh, a disbelieving man is another NPC that you could find or whatever. Uh, he's the tricky one where you can either choose to, wherever you decide to tell him to go, he'll do the opposite no matter what you do. Whether or not you're being honest or truthful, if you send him to uh, if you say, hey, go to uh, the church, he'll go to the uh, orphan maker place and he'll get straight murdered. That's not good. Um... Yeah, uh, that, it's it's one of my personal favorite mechanics and it's always tricky when uh, starting a new sort of game with a, a new Soulsborne game or whatever yeah. and trying to figure out which is the actual best option what's going to screw my end game up. What is my canon <laughs> is a favorite thing of mine. Yeah, thank you for asking. Because you're going on about all the characters that you can't save. Does anything ever happen with the uh, the little the little girl? I think. Oh. With the oh, music that is. Why like, you? That is. It is the saddest story. I know. Because one, a little bit of a lore dump here uh, for that little girl. She is the daughter of uh, Father Gascoigne. Yeah. Or whatever. Uh, and he's the second boss that you face, or whatever. And she offers you a music box that uh, can calm. Oh, uh, sort of disorient him in the middle of the boss battle just mm -hmm. so that uh, you have enough time to either slash at him or do whatever in the yeah. battle. So it's, unfortunately, you have to kill him to progress through the game. So, yeah. yeah uh, find out that her mom's dead. Yeah, uh, there is a uh, dead woman's body in the arena where you fight Father Gascoigne and she has a red brooch, uh, brooch on or whatever. Mm -hmm. And if you bring that back to the girl, she goes insane. She goes wandering into the night... And uh, if you actually go below the sewers underneath of where Father Gascoigne's uh, arena is, there's a pig down there. It has, like, a red hair tie in there, no. and that's from the little girl. No! Is there any way you can save her? Not at all. <gasps> not talking to her. That's the not only... Not talking... Oh, no. I have to start Do a not give playthrough. Her... But n actually, no. <laughs> Either way, anytime you kill that pig after, after like, you know, killing Father Gascoigne... She will appear there. She her she will be dead, and her red ribbon will appear in the uh, droppings of the pig or whatever. That is awful. You want to know what's the worst part? What is the worst part? She has an older sister in that same house, oh. and she questions you about it. Mm. And guess what? Dun dun dun! She dies. Why does everybody good die? It, it's it's a mentality of uh, from software's uh, lead developer. I think his name is uh, oh god, I can't remember it off the top of my head. But I, he's he's just a sadist in my opinion. Like because I don't want to imagine the world that he lives in where it's so dark and so dismal or whatever. It's like ah no, it's awful. But I mean, it is really pretty. Yeah, like I know the design. Oh, it's like so 
fantastic and this uh, map structure layout like uh, I've seen uh, digital files of the actual full game and yeah. everything's layered on top of each other like a goddamn lasagna lasagna or a, or a, or a seven layer cake or something like that. seven layer lasagna or seven layer cake either one because it's like like roots or whatever leading up and stretching all across the place yeah. stretching out far into the horizon or anything like that wherever you can see you can possibly go and that is just the scariest and most awe-inspiring part of these games, in my opinion. I've seen, like, I've seen people, like, draw their own rendition of, like, the map, and I'm like, it is, it is yeah. so beautiful yeah. and horrifying because there's so much yeah. <laughs> that you have to do. Uh, do you want me to continue to talk about mechanics? Because there's another one that's really wonderful. If you like it, go ahead. Yeah, uh, uh, it's called uh, Madman's Knowledge is this new... Uh, it was one of the features they they brought into the game when creating it, and uh, certain times during your playthrough, in the very beginning at least, before you get like uh, 40 uh, Madman's Knowledge, it's a certain item you can pick up. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a spendable thing, so you can either uh, spend it to get uh, items or something like that, but if you keep enough to like 40 or whatever, you'll notice like areas that you travel through where before there was nothing, there are large Cthulhu Lloyd creatures hanging on the buildings and just staring at everyone with creepy eggplant-shaped faces or whatever. It's like, or actually, it's almost looking like they're wearing like a bird's head or even a microphone case on their head or whatever, and they are yeah. so alien and so eldritch, and it's so awful to think that you went through there almost brushing past a few of them oh. and not noticing them. Are they just there or can you fight them? Uh, a lot of them are just there uh, to act as either uh, gateways to uh, new areas in the game like um, uh, for the DLC that they created for Bloodborne or wherever it's called yeah. the Hunter's, uh, Hunter's Nightmare. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, to get there you have to get grabbed by one of these creatures uh, after uh, grabbing a special item or whatever, and that teleports you to the DLC pack of the game. Uh, once, well, of course, once you buy it and get it and blah, blah, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, blah, 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 monetary, blah. And then, uh, but you do get to fight one of these creatures as a boss uh, in a separate area if you want to. Well, I guess that's fun. <laughs> yeah, you know. You see if you can... Uh, if you can fight it, you don't have to be afraid of it, right? Is like, I think, partially the mentality of the game series, really. Yeah. Everything can die. Really Even you. Multiple yeah. times. Multiple times. Resurrecting, resurrecting, resurrecting. Resur it's, yeah. Oh, shit. I just lost all of my blood. Better run back and get it. Yeah. <laughs> Stick that back in there, bad boy. Just, like, stuffing it in, just like, a scarf in. or something. Blood Echoes is a special uh, mm. thing in the game or whatever. Uh, use that to get uh, health vials for when you're facing a boss or use that to upgrade weapons. Uh, all that is wonderful and options. Optionated is all that. <laughs> I'm absolutely positive that I just use it to up my health bar. <laughs> but it's it's a struggle trying to keep a hold of it when you're just starting a new, like the new game or whatever. Like yeah. uh, it, like when I say new game, I mean like you're not just starting it up or like mm -hmm. you're a new person getting into the game or whatever yeah. is the whole problem of that. Like it came out, I want to say in 2014, 15 or something like that. Uh, and I didn't get it until a year later or yeah. whatever because I had just heard about it the. Uh, year afterwards because I didn't have like a PS4 or whatever I then uh, saw a stream uh, from these uh, three wonderful guys that I know about uh, they are called uh, Team Four Star or whatever their particular Let's Play channel they play a bunch of uh, different videos uh, video games and uh, they actually for one of their streams uh, played Bloodborne and I was like 
huh, that looks fun. And I could get a PS4 and play it. I could get and I just dropped uh, $300 on that, like, just yeah. to pick it up. My one friend, my other friend Ty- named Tyler. Yes. I have so many people I know named This Tyler. isn't the same Tyler from last this time. It's not, no. He he plays all of the all of the Dark Souls games, yeah. and he's like, yeah, you would really like Bloodborne. It's like an easier version of Dark Souls. Well, I wouldn't say it's easier. It's different, and people like different sometimes. Uh, like, with Bloodborne, the whole thing is you do not have to worry about um, carrying too many items on you, whereas in Dark Souls, you have to worry about, you know, like, your physical weight of everything. Yeah. Uh, uh, Bloodborne is like, you know, hey, I can wear any outfit. Like, you can k- kill a lot of people and just pick up outfits or whatever from their corpses. And mm-hmm. it's like, huh, this is all fun. Because I, I, I can then stroll into battle in a red dress as a blue-skinned man <laughs> uh, wearing a, a a baby's bonnet and uh, carrying an umbrella for some reason. Man, that takes outfits to a whole nother level. Yeah, it's, uh, there's a lot of combinations you can do in there. And uh, uh, saying this one more time, it's it, it's fun. That's the fun part of it. What's the next thing? Uh, I was going to say, like, uh, favorite bosses. Like, favorite to fight, favorite, just favorite lore-wise. Oh, God. Favorite lore... Uh, well, favorite boss to face. Uh, in total, I think there's, like, maybe 12 or 17 full bosses. Uh, thinking on it, I think my personal favorite boss uh, was... Uh, Father Gascoigne, actually, was one of yeah. my personal favorite bosses. Because he's, like, your barrier to entry for the full game or whatever. And... He has, like, two different phases in the middle of the fight or whatever, and it's like, oh, jeez, I have to adapt. Adapt and overcome. Survive. Darwin is flowing through my veins at this very moment when fighting him. It also allowed me to uh, enjoy uh, the aspects of horror and, uh, like, lore and all of that, Uh, looking things up later on. It was super fun to find out about different things, like, while facing him. So it was like, you know, I I personally did not use a music box. I did not want to cheat, technically. I I tried several times, mostly because, like, the first few times I didn't know that you could use the music box. I was like, oh, a cute trinket, whatever, and then I learned. And then I only used it once in the fight, because I know that if you use it, like, three times, it won't work on him after that. Yeah, uh, uh, from what I've seen of videos in the past or whatever, uh, that's pretty much how it's used. Uh, three times, oh, once, slice twice, slice, slice, three, slice, slice, slice. Yeah. And then he uh, turns into his uh, beast form or whatever, and, uh, you know, it's it's a fun fight after that, yeah. Uh, I loved hearing, especially, like, in the early game uh, aspect of that, how certain players, if uh, there's uh, another mechanic, we'll quickly dial back into that, Mm -hmm. uh, called uh, visceral attacking, where you can plunge your weapon into the bodies of uh, enemies or bosses or whatever, and uh, take a big chunk of their health out. If you did that to Father Gascoigne on the staircase in his arena, he would fall through the floor and die automatically. What? Yeah, it, it was a wonderful. Uh, apparently, it was a really heartbreaking exploit to use uh, back in the early development of it, and a lot of a lot of people use it before they patched it. Speaking of like patches that need to be made, I know there's um, one section right before. Oh shit. The very first boss, I forgot. Uh, well, it's either, either you're talking about Father Gascoigne or you're talking about the Cleric Beast. The Cleric Beast, that's it. There's a there's a house, like, right before there yeah. on the bridge. And if you you can if you clear out the house and you walk up on the bridge, like, there are the two, like, weird dog werewolf yeah, oh, monsters. Uh, yeah. And you just, like, run quickly back into the house. They're you can too, just fight them. They're too big for the door. Yeah. And that is how I farmed a lot of my blood points back in the early beginning Same. of the game. Because, one, they are very tough natural enemies to run into you yeah. on first sight you think oh i can face these 
oh no, they just swipe once and I'm now down to like a quarter of my health. And it was yeah. like, oh, how am I going to get past these? So oh, dear. But yeah, their their hitboxes are too large for the door. They cannot physically squeeze through or whatever. So it's yeah. just like, they're clawing at the open air. And I'm like, Haha, swipe, swipe, swipe with my hunter's axe or whatever. And it's just delicious payback for was, all the shit they put me through. It was just so good. It is, But it is sometimes fun to do the challenge of actually trying to face them in the open air yeah. where they can actually hit me. I mean, yeah, it's only fun once, like, you you feel like you're good enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the beginning of the game, like, I memorized the patterns of all the NPC monsters that you can fight just so that I could farm and I could just keep going and going and going to get as much, like, blood echoes as I could. Yeah. To, like, actually be able to make a dent in anything. Yeah. Because I'm not I'm not a fast attacker. I know in Dark Souls you rely more on your shield and blocking, but in Bloodborne you have to like continuously attack. That's a wonderful part about it in my opinion. Like uh I once had the insane thought to start uh the new game and just kill all the enemies from one end of Yarnum all the way to the end boss or whatever. Yeah. And leave a path of like pure no living people in my dest- in, uh, destruction in, in my wake. path or in my wake, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, it's not entirely, not too entirely possible or whatever. Like, you can clear it out of maybe, like, I think I counted. It, it, it's a total of, like, seven areas or whatever that you'd have to... And these are, like, sprawling areas of, like, uh, dungeons and whatever uh, to yeah. actually... But you can't clear out all of the areas in the entire game and, like, no one's living. So, because you have to sometimes jump between uh, the save points or the lamps uh, that yeah. you use to jump back and forth mm-hmm. and that respawns enemies or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So, it, it's, a, it's a little weird to, like, you know, chop out all the enemies and, like, uh, just stroll through with enough, nothing to worry about or whatever. It's And it's hard. Even at, like, uh, you start at level 1 or whatever, and I got up to, like, maybe level 115 <laughs> or 50 or something like that. How high does it go? You can go forever. Oh, my God. Or at least a 999 is, like, I think the highest I've personally seen. Yeah. Uh, it is the, like... It takes a lot of blood echoes to do that, and you can't just farm the first area and do yeah, that no. constantly. Uh, plus, every time that you, uh, uh, from software and a lot of other game development companies or whatever, use a special thing called uh, New Game Plus or whatever. Yeah. So, like, when you start a new game, you get stronger, but also all the enemies get stronger as well. Oh. So, once you start a new game, it's not exactly easier to take it, because they all yeah. uh, spike up in strength with you or whatever. So. I know, yeah, I know that most games, when you start New Game Plus, you're strong, and all the enemies are, like, easy. It's, it's, it's I think, uh, their way of uh, saying, hey, you can't power fantasy in this. Yeah. If you want to get stronger, everything has to get stronger with you. Ah, uh, gosh. It's, it's fun to see people try to get cocky with the game and still fail to certain things. Uh, but you were also asking me about uh, other favorite things I was... Uh, so we kind of detract, I realized. It's fine. I was just, um, you talked about your favorite boss, like, lore-wise, do you have a favorite boss, or is it still uh, Father Gascoigne? Uh, Gascoigne is fun for his particular lore or whatever, uh, like how he, uh, goes to the other hunters or whatever that you see or whatever, uh, but a personal favorite, the favorite one of mine, lore-wise, oh, oh, uh, se- uh, secret boss, actually, uh, is called Ebriotis, the daughter of the cosmos, Ooh. and she is this giant slug looking uh like a uh, laser beam shooting uh, eldritch horror or whatever she's like silver and silky smooth from a far distance but like so textured when you look close and like slimy or whatever she's Ew. got like these uh 
not feathery wings or whatever, like almost like torn up bat wings or whatever, and like uh, she does this huge like head attack where she can like smash down on you or whatever mm-hmm. and take a bunch of your hit points where it looks like she's kissing you or whatever. It's hilarious. <laughs> I love her because like she's so involved with the actual of the full lore of the game and she's hidden away. She you don't have to fight her or whatever. She, like as I said, there's like maybe twelve bosses you have to kill and then yeah. maybe like. Uh, another five or seven that you don't have to actually kill or whatever because they're just off the beaten path or whatever. Um, you know, mini bosses, side bosses. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. But they're all powerful in their own right or whatever. Uh, but yeah. like, uh, there's this institution in the game called the church or whatever, uh, and uh, there's also the choir. There's uh, a bunch of things, and they were all uh, digging around in like this dungeon area that you can get to sort of later uh, using. Uh, like chalices or something like that. I don't know if you've dealt with them yet. I don't, but I, I have like small uh, memory from a friend telling. Yeah, me. the chalices are like base. Uh, the chalices uh, lead to called the chalice dungeons or whatever, where you can you as a player can uh, go through these uh, dark, dismal uh, dungeon crawl based areas or whatever, and you can fight uh, smaller enemies, face new bosses, uh, get new. It, it's a wonderful way to try to uh, up the game experience. As you go farther and farther down there, you even start to face bosses as just wandering, like, uh, enemies or whatever in the actual dungeon. It's like, didn't I, didn't I kill a stronger version of you in, like, a boss arena just, like, five minutes ago? Mm-hmm. And it's like, uh, no. And he <laughs> kills you and eats your body or whatever. Uh, like, oh. it's it's horrifying to see them there and, like, yeah. have to run away, but they follow you or whatever. <laughs> it's just like, oh, gosh. Uh, but uh, the lore of the game uh, says that... Uh, the church was digging down there into chalices, chalice dungeons or whatever, and that's where they found Ebriotis, uh, daughter of the cosmos or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they did experiments using her blood or whatever, and that has led to uh, the uh, beast curse in Yarnum and all the other places. That's why yeah. uh, regular people start to actually turn into beasts or whatever as, as the night yeah. progresses, uh, which is another wonderful thing about uh, Bloodborne or whatever. The night progresses. Apparently, all the events you do in this game happen in one night, and uh, the night progresses like uh, from like uh, midday to, or like uh, yeah midday like to sunset. Uh, afternoon sunset twilight, and then it gets like a blood moon in the yeah. sky or whatever. And it's like oh gosh, what is going on? Characters turning into monsters along that along that line. Like I know the the one guy in the beginning of the game in another window. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. He's uh, you never s- uh, actually see his like regular human form or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I can't remember his name as well. I can't but like literally at the very first or second lamp that you get to, uh, there's a uh, uh, NPC hidden behind a window. Uh, he uh, gives you a little bit of helpful lore tips or whatever. Mm-hmm. Even gives you a, a flamethrower for some yeah. reason. It, only after you kill Father Gascoigne. Uh, uh, yeah, as because the next boss after that is the one that actually you have to deal with the uh, yeah. flamethrower with. It's the blood starved beast. The blood starved beast, or even um, oh, v- some V name or something like that. A <laughs> uh, Vicar Amelia is the name. Oh, yeah. is uh, a name of another uh, like either the fourth or the fifth boss that you can face. And mm-hmm. uh, after he gives you all those items or whatever, he starts to say, "Oh no!" Uh, as the night progresses, he says oh no, I'm feeling all weary right now, I can't talk at the moment, and if you get the chance to uh, go back to him at that first lamp or whatever, you find that the window is broken and that there is a uh, a beast man lurking outside of his window or whatever, just roaming the area, and unfortunately that's how you learn, that, that's a 
yeah. a hint or whatever that, oh no, things are not as they seem and people are turning into the beasts that they're fighting. So all of the beasts that you have been fighting throughout this entire game, the werewolves, uh, the large uh, beastmen, even the aliens or uh, the snake people or whatever, they were all human at one point. <laughs> it's it's ridiculous to think that it's like they don't... It's It's insanity. Some of them, like, aren't even human-sized, which is, like, what? Yeah, uh, there's another uh, lore thing there or whatever. Apparently, uh, like, we, we dealt with uh, Vicar Amelia, which is, like, mm-hmm. a uh, uh, church-based thing or whatever. We dealt with yeah. the Cleric Beast or whatever. Apparently, in this game, uh, you can find, like, in a lot of the uh, From Software games or whatever, uh, they like to put a lot of the lore in the items that uh, you get through the game or whatever. And yep. <laughs> looking, looking at certain items, uh, you realize... Uh, a lot of these boss monsters are um, clerics from the church or whatever, the good people, uh, because uh, apparently uh, the longer that uh, these cler- uh, these clerical uh, priests or whatever were fighting the beasts, they started to take over them as well, and they yeah. turned into the most monstrous of beasts or whatever. It sounds like a really good game, oh, and it, I really want to finish it. It is. Uh, what... Boss, did you actually get up to? Can you remember at least? Uh, I I know that I definitely beat Father Gascoigne. I, you have to. I'm in the area right after that, so I didn't really get very far. I'm trying to get to the Bloodstar Feast, but like memorizing the patterns for that area are were a little rough for me because you, they're they're so they get you got like the big guys. With the... Uh, uh, yeah, there's a g- actual giants in the game or whatever yeah. with axes or whatever that just swing at you. And then I'm guessing you went through Old Yarnum to get to the Blood Starred Beast or whatever, right? I haven't gotten to him yet. I'm working on it. I'm oh gosh! Wow, on you're... <laughs> wow! I just spoiled a lot of the shit for you. I'm sorry. You're oh, fine. You're fine. I've watched playthroughs of it, and my friend spoiled the very last boss and some of the DLC Aww. stuff for me. So you're, uh, don't worry about it. I spoil stuff for myself all the time. Oh, but on that subject of DLC or whatever, the worst boss to face, the worst boss to face is literally the first boss that you have to deal with in the DLC. Yeah. His name is good old, uh, oh God. Uh, I was literally going on this this whole thing to say he is the biggest, the baddest, and you can't forget him. And then I just forgot his name or whatever. Is he the one with the moon sword? Uh, yes. Uh, yeah. uh, he is um, L- uh, Ludwig, uh, Ludwig the Accursed. Yeah. Uh, and he is... Horrifying to look at. He looks like a man crossed with a horse, but not in the way you're thinking or whatever. He's like a horse with like seven legs for some reason, one sticking out of his ass in the air, just waving around like nobody's business or whatever. And mm. He does like a trample attack like from Pokemon <laughs> or whatever that just deals mul- massive damage. Uh, he's also got this weird like spongy eyeball filled orifice on the side of his body that like yeah. undulates and like just shoots a spray of like white phlegm at you or something and Ew. does damage and slows you down it's just like oh my god but, and, but and he's in that first phase he is so chaotic that it took me honest to god 27 times yeah to get past that first phase and then there's the second phase where he changes up his whole strategy uh there's a whole cutscene and everything he yeah he's like <laughs> Uh, he's holding up a sword and he's like, my guiding moonlight, you're my true master all along. Or whatever, like a, like a damned horse. And now he's like standing like full body. He's like maybe, uh, if I remember correctly, like four, uh, people's 
tall or something like that, this horrific form, yeah. as we're surrounded by a multitude of bodies that he's accrued in this area. Yeah. Uh, and then he's, like, swinging at you with magics, throwing, like, uh, energy waves at you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just just so different. And you and when you're first dealing with that, you can't deal with that because, like, I've only faced this form once and, like, I can't get past this, yeah. this monstrosity holding a sword, <laughs> acting like a noble man uh, in a duel. <laughs> sir, this is not a duel. This is a mercy killing, this sir. This is a massacre, This sir. is a mercy killing on my part to you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, I, w- I will admit everything is fun about that game. It's really nice. Well, I appreciate you for... Uh, hey, no, thank you for talking. letting me uh, shout at you at my entire love <laughs> for the, this game and the game franchise as a total. No problem at all. Thank you again. Yeah, thank you. It looks like that's going to do it for us today on uh, the Great Games Podcast. As always, you can find this show on SoundCloud under the Great Games Podcast and also on iTunes. I also have an Instagram that you can look up at xxartmanxx. I really appreciate you taking the time to tune in to listen in to the show today. See you again for the next episode. So long.